0: Welcome to Design Your Life with Sandy. I am your host, Sandy Yang. I am a brain rewiring certified coach and human design expert. In this podcast, we talk about becoming the most kick-ass, unstoppable version of yourself, building a life of alignment and flow that you deserve, and taking a holistic approach to health and wellness. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at Sandy Yang Wellness hey guys welcome back to the show I am so excited to introduce you all to my dear friend Katie McKnight over 2020 I really have manifested some kick-ass friendships and Katie was one of those people I bonded instantly when we first met and it is almost Valentine's Day so I thought it would be cool to bring her on because In our group of friends, she is the one who's manifested a really really awesome relationship and we're all so pumped for her. Look, I know a bunch of people who are in the wellness, self-development space who are eager in evolving their consciousness and it is pretty common to wonder if our current partners or potential partners in the future can evolve with us. Would they be supportive or would they think this is super weird? But Katie is a huge expander in this. She manifested a conscious partnership. She didn't even intentionally put down I want to bring Rewire for love. As you bring Rewire, you shift your entire energy and other good things sort of just come along the way. So energy healing is a big part of what Katie does. She is so, so, so good at it. I highly recommend her if you are curious what energy healing is all about. We talk about it in this episode. We talk about determining our core values in relationships, overcoming limiting beliefs that we picked up from parental modeling, how healing father wounds and mother wounds, aka doing inner child healing, could be really helpful for finding true love balancing feminine and masculine energy in relationships this one is very much about energetics behind everything dating relationships our relationship with ourselves so it's a pretty juicy one again we talk a lot this is probably my most conversational interview i have recorded ever which is a lot of fun in itself It is literally like having a conversation with your close girlfriends. And without further ado, I'm going to let you enjoy the episode. I will see you on the other side. So Katie, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. You are going to be on here so often. You're like one of my favorite people and we can just talk for hours and hours I was so excited to be on and
1: yeah, hours and hours is an understatement. We could talk, I mean, forever, right? Yeah. (laughs) About everything too.
0: Yeah. And I have a lot to talk about with Katie. She has so much to share with the world from energy, healing, energetics of food, health and wellness. But today I want to talk about love and relationships with you because, you know, um, it is what, like, valentine's day this sunday right and Mm -hmm. everyone's talking about love and we both have a lot to say about this (laughs) yes (laughs) yes we do yeah and katie you have manifested a really great person Mm -hmm. yeah and i just want to like talk about this process and you are also a brain rewiring coach yourself and this relationship really does seem like I don't want to say too good to be true, but it is like pretty fucking good. Yeah. And it like, I can
1: get more into it if we want to talk about it, but I think it was an after effect of brainwaring, you know, like both of us work in brainwaring and we work with clients, but I think going through it, you don't really realize how powerful it is until you see the changes, if that makes sense. And that was a very physical change for me, was bringing in um, my boyfriend right now.
0: Were you consciously brain rewiring for a relationship? Nope, I
1: was not. And that was just one of the amazing things that came with it.
0: Yeah, it's like a nice bonus. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, to start off, can you tell the audience a little bit about you and what you do? Yeah,
1: so I am Katie McKnight. I am an energy healer certified coach and a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm shifting my business right now. So in the past, I've worked with those with chronic illness and worked through detoxing um, and working with foods in general to do that. But now I'm shifting more into the relationship side of things. So, you know, your relationship with yourself is where everything stems from. So starting there and then exploring relationship with food, relationships, romantic relationships um, with family, with friends career, money, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, so can you talk about energy healing? Because you're one of my favorite people to go to for this stuff. Um, yeah, we had our session mm-hmm. a few days ago, and I feel so much better. I just feel good after you know we chat, whether that's on Zoom or over DMs. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like energy healing is really powerful. So how do you even get into that? Yeah, so how
1: I got into it was a bit of a long story. Um, But it started off with struggling with chronic illness, you know, all the things I had. Within a year, I had like mono, bronchitis, flu, sinus infections, I mean, you name it, I had it. And then from there... I started working with um, a Reiki practitioner who was trauma informed and he kind of led me to seeing that I had trauma in my life that I didn't think I had. And so that kind of unraveled and then I got into energy healing and now I'm fully in it. And it is truly, truly incredible. I mean, the people that I work on, they see transformations instantaneously. I mean, within hours, within days, it's insane. So my energy healing, I do a bit of everything. <laughs> I do, um, a lot of intuitive guidance to a lot of tangible things. Um, cause I know some people, some healers, they give more messages that are metaphorical. Mine are very, most of mine are very tangible. I work a lot around food. Um, that's something I always continue to work around. So, but yeah, energy healing, if you've never gotten it done, you will get hooked. The first time you do it, you will be hooked.
0: Yeah. Okay, just to go back to the basics, how would you describe energy healing to someone who has never experienced it is very new to them? Because when I first got Reiki, I didn't know what it was. I just wanted to try something new and I'm glad I was curious back then. And the Reiki practitioner was like, Reiki is universal life force energy. I'm like, okay, still clueless. So um, can you explain it in a more digestible way? Yes, of course. So energy healing is what it is, is you have a
1: practitioner. So if you're working with me, I would be a vessel for you, um, channeling energy from source. Source, the universe, whatever you believe in God, whatever you believe in, I'm channeling that kind of energy. And then I send it to you at the beginning of the session, you make the conscious decision to allow me to enter into your energy body. So that's what I do. I enter into your energy body, see what's going on, see what needs more healing, what needs more energy. If you have, um, so what happens is I'll backtrack a little. So We have different quote bodies. We have our energy body, our physical body, our mental body, and our emotional body. Our energy body is the furthest out there. And that's what gets very clogged easily. So we have energetic boundaries crossed. We have, um, I mean, things in our environment that can just get stuck onto our energy. Or if you're out and about and you're in this uh, environment that doesn't feel too great, that can also attach to your energy body. So that's really what it is, is it's focusing on the energy body, but also the uh, all the other ones. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: totally. So if you, uh, like everything is energy, right? So if mm-hmm. you, you know, spend a whole day at an event where, you know, the crowd did not vibe with you, you feel like is low vibrational, you might not like leave the day feeling that great and we pick up energy from people around us and like we exchange energy essentially Mm -hmm. so even if you feel like well I didn't really interact with those people you are still and interacting energetically so it is important to like keep your energetic body clean or Mm -hmm. energy body clean
1: yeah and when I've been a lot of people recently um I've been seeing that a lot of the emotions that they're feeling are not actually theirs. It gets projected onto them when they're in around people because they are very susceptible to it at that time. And so I see emotions, but I also see physical symptoms um, that are attaching to them.
0: Yeah. And like other people's fears, worries, yes. doubts. Yeah. So, okay. That totally makes sense because during the energy healing session, you, you, optimize their energy body and Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that I always feel more clear and lighter after a session and things kind of just like happen really fast a few days Mm -hmm. after so it's like an energetic shift
1: yeah yeah when I work around people they I mean they have stuff like guidance coming to them or just more clarity or that sense of peace and calmness they have it for at least a week after which is so incredible
0: your guidance is so actionable and it's like really digestible because i can just start doing them like that same day mm-hmm. and yeah i do resonate with your healing a lot when i hear like you know just channel messages and it sounds really good sometimes i'm like okay but what do i do with it yeah yeah and it's like it's it's that tangible thing. It's like, okay, if
1: you want me to make a change, how am I gonna do it without like a direction? You know, we hear about intuitive guidance. That's totally cool. You do what you feel is led, but sometimes we just need people to tell us what we should do to like yeah. that have that first step.
0: Yeah. Okay, so yeah, if you haven't checked out energy healing, Katie is really amazing she is a wonderful human being and I highly <laughs> highly recommend her but yeah let's talk about relationships and love yeah, because it's let's such dive a hot topic you know because it's February and people are like oh it's the month of love and <laughs> <laughs> I mean it creates a lot of stress in people I literally hear People talk about how is miserable for them in February because they're single, and yeah, in today's day and age, relationships—I um, don't know—with the dating apps and stuff, it can get pretty out of hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you've managed to manifest a really good partnership. So, tell us, <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> okay. I think it's so important to figure out, determine what are our core values in love and relationships. For me is adventure, growth, and teamwork. I kind of get people to limit down like what are their top three. And um, before the recording, we're talking about your top three. So let's talk about yours.
1: Yeah, so mine are... Um, connection. So connection is really important to me. I mean, for so many reasons on like a on like a personal level, like with friends, but in a relationship, it's like so important for me. Um, adaptability. So adaptability and growth kind of go hand in hand, but it's it's the sense of being able to shift with the other person. I mean, we hear that all the time, but as we were talking before, it's like in the spirituality space, things just happen really, really fast, you know, really, really quick shifts. And I just need somebody that can shift quickly too. And that's okay with it. Okay. Um, someone the, you can
0: evolve with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the last one's like playfulness. So it doesn't, you hear people say like passion or pleasure, like, yeah, you can have those, but it's not everything like being playful. So having
0: fun. You can act like a kid sometimes. Um, Yeah. Yeah, love those. Um, In the show notes, I'll attach a, you know, list of core values so people can determine what are their core values In love. For me, I really resonate with the playfulness. And I kind of am including that under adventure for me Mm is so important for me to like, experience new things with a partner and grow together so that falls under like growth and teamwork someone who you know I really want like a true partnership like doesn't Mm -hmm. have to always be like 50 50 you know sometimes it's going to look like 60 40 or you know the other way around but um just like a really good partnership like you're fully in it together
1: yeah and I think that's important the important thing is like go into it knowing it's not always going to be 50, 50, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I know for me, it's been really hard when it isn't 50, 50. Cause like, I feel like sometimes I don't have to give all of the weight and it's, it's like, am I even worthy of this? You know, it goes back into those um, limiting beliefs that some people have, or is this too good to be true? Or when's the shoe going to drop, you know, going back to the place of it's, it's okay. It doesn't have to be 50-50.
0: Let's talk about your past dating experience and how brain rewiring and shifting your frequency in general has evolved you. I love this question.
1: Um, So in past relationships, I was the one that... I would always be like, I'm fine. I'm fine. When something's not okay, I'm fine. I don't want to talk about it. It's fine. And so it would bottle up and then it would just come out of nowhere. And then we'd start arguing and five minutes later, I have no idea what we're arguing about.
0: The worst. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's not like you're arguing about one specific thing. No, it's, it's a like, bunch of stuff. Yeah. What we'll accumulated over the last month.
1: Yeah. And the other thing I would do is I would test whoever I was dating. I would test them to see how much they really cared, you know? So doing, I can't even think of an example right now. Um, But if we were in an argument or something, I'd get really quiet or, and maybe, and then I would get upset if they didn't come after me, or I would just do little things during the day to see how far they would come. Like if they would come after me and, from brain rewiring, it shifted so much, like my frequency rose and then I manifest this guy who's everything that I wanted and more and so much more than I didn't even know that I needed or wanted. And it's funny because at the beginning of a relationship, I saw myself doing that stuff and I was fully aware of it. I was like, Katie, what are you doing? But I was open and communicating with him about it. I said, okay, I do this thing sometimes where I, I I'll test to see if you really care and I'm really working on it. So just bear with me. I'm really working on it. And if that happens, just say it and I'll, it'll be in my awareness and I'll work like work through that, you know? Um, but I think that's been the really big thing for me is being vocal about it. Like I recognize this is happening and I'm working through it and I'm being aware of it. Um, Because it's not like a night and day shift, right? We've been conditioned for so long to be a certain way in relationships. Or if you've been in many relationships and acted the same way the whole time, you're going to continue acting like that until you bring the awareness and until you vocalize it to somebody.
0: Yeah. So why were you not communicating with your previous partners? What was bothering you? Why were you bottling it up?
1: Yeah, I think. Well, when I was younger, I um, I just bottled up everything. I bottled up everything, and going on to dating, it was like that's what I knew. That's the only thing I knew was to bottle up um, emotions. Or if I said the wrong thing, they would leave me. I have a lot of um, abandonment wounds from when I was younger, so I thought that if I said the wrong thing, someone would leave me, and I wasn't in my self worth. Um, yeah, I, I felt like, and I, it was this savior complex or silent savior
0: complex. Like you want to fix the other person or you well, want yeah. to be saved.
1: Well, it was, I wanted to fix the other person, but I also wanted to be saved internally.
0: Oh my God. Like, yeah, I feel like a lot of people think having a relationship means like happily ever after. <laughs> Yeah. I know. <laughs> or like it will fix your problems in some sort of a way. Mm-hmm. And that is a lot of pressure to put on someone like one person, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And like what you talked about testing how far the other person would go or how much they cared. That is very low self-worth actually. And mm-hmm. I know I've done this myself. You're like, get mad and then you storm out the door to see if they would chase after you
1: yeah I mean it's it's way more
0: common than people think it is yeah know? yeah and um it's also dramatic you know and I was Girl, curious we're both Leos we're both Leos we're- yeah so we kind of like <laughs> like the drama but I think a lot of you know for the most part People don't realize how peaceful and easy a loving relationship, a conscious relationship can be. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, well, I don't think it can be easy. So it's like that confirmation bias, you almost create drama to confirm your beliefs.
1: Right. And then when you get something that's different, that's when you start to question, be like, is this real? Like I find myself, I'm like, is it supposed to be this easy? Yeah. But we're conditioned to think everything has to be so hard, you know, Mm -hmm. in movies, we see that, um, we hear about it from family members and friends, like that's what we're surrounded by. And we're conditioned to think that relationship have to be, I mean, they're hard, but they don't have to be so hard like angry every single day screaming at each other you know
0: yeah i mean i used to watch gossip girl i've seen that show <laughs> yes. multiple times and it's always like oh um two people were being a really good relationship like they can not you know keep their hands off each other but then something bad will always happen and then they're heartbroken and it's like shitty so it is you know what we picked up as you know conditioning so mm-hmm. brain rewiring is, you know, I'm um, doing that and restoring your beliefs about love and relationships.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, You also mentioned how this is what you've always known, so that is like an inner child thing. We pick up a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, relationship stuff from our parents or caretakers modeling growing up. So... What were some of those modeling that you picked up that you have rewired?
1: Well, I think that I never saw... I don't remember seeing. So a lot of... I don't remember a lot of my childhood. But from this point, it's like I don't remember my parents ever really expressing emotions. Or it wasn't in a way that... I, I I just never really saw it. And then for me, I didn't feel safe to release it myself because I didn't see it, if that makes sense. Um, so reworking through that, it's been going back and like realizing that I'm safe. It's all been, always been about safety for me. It's when people don't have, when people don't feel safe in their body, they don't feel safe to release emotions. And that's been something I've had to work through and eventually rewire. Is it like, I feel safe, I'm worthy of it. And it's not weak to show emotions or to express them.
0: Yeah. And I know for myself, expressing emotions or feeling them felt like, oh, you're like, yelling or fighting with someone Mm -hmm. is is portrayed very negatively for me in the past. So I mean, this can be journaling, or Mm -hmm. like punching a pillow, and that's perfectly fine. You know, that's very easy to do, actually.
1: Yeah, 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 it doesn't have to be this, like, again, back to movies, all of us have experienced that watch TV shows, it's all this screaming and yelling and just hysterical crying. You don't have to do that. You know, and if you do, if you, if you do that, like it's okay to feel that you can be by yourself and feel those things. And that's what was new for me is all of those feelings and feeling safe in my body to do so.
0: So we were talking about inner child healing with relationships. Mm-hmm. And I know it's like very common for girls who didn't. Okay. Okay obviously your parents did the best you could they could Mm -hmm. but um say like some girls who didn't have a good relationship with their with their fathers or their Mm -hmm. fathers weren't around very much they Mm -hmm. sort of like grow up and seek relationships with men that are more of an authority figure like an older men. who so it's like that I don't know if if this is like what people call daddy issues Mm. yeah what do you think about that
1: yeah so yes I totally I totally get that I mean from my experience it was my dad just wasn't around a lot and he was um an alcoholic so I sought out men that um I thought quote needed fixing um um but that's super common. It's called father wounds. You know, we all have it to an extent, but some are a little more, um, some are a little bigger than others. And then that's where we try to fix. Like we try to repair it in ourselves by an external thing, an external tangible thing, like a man, when we need to do it in ourselves, like we need to go inward and work through that and do that work so people don't like to go inward as we know people don't like to do the inner work and that's when the healing happens so then you can go and really prove to yourself like i did this i don't need to quote fix anybody else to heal myself
0: yeah it's almost funny now that you said it out loud we are more drawn to fixing other people instead of ourselves why do you think that is
1: i don't i don't know i think it's i think it's an insecurity with the self to see what really could be uncovered or we don't wanna um, label ourselves as broken, even though we're not broken, it can be this, it can be really hard to turn inward and reveal things about yourself that you're very insecure about.
0: Yeah, it's like when you know you should do some shadow work but then you're like, oh no, I think I'm fine. And then you push it. And you procrastinate and then you are like in a rock bottom. And now you're like, okay, fuck, I really need to do some shadow work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the thing is like, we both know this is when we're in this work and we're doing this work, you're going to be tested. You're going to be tested with situations that you've had previously, not the exact same ones, but um, something in regards to it that sees if you've actually done the work.
0: Mm Mm-hmm
1: or if you need to do some more, which is okay, but it's something all to be yeah. aware of.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about, so I know you didn't consciously manifest a relationship, mm-hmm. but when you brain rewire, you naturally shift your frequency, you're more mm-hmm. in your self-worth, and you become more magnetic that way. And let's say you're brain rewiring for more money. Just because Mm -hmm. you're more in your self-worth, you're more attractive to other people and you are more of a light in the crowd. And I don't know, it's like that is attractive in itself, right? We naturally as humans seek things and people that are vibrating at a higher frequency than where we currently Mm -hmm. are and to you know, be with someone that is at that higher frequency forces us to like shift our own frequency, right? What do you think? Yeah,
1: I think that we definitely want to surround ourselves with people of a higher frequency. Um, I think sometimes it can be a bit intimidating. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's what it's, that's how you grow. That's how you get higher frequency. And that's how you bring in, more manifestations. I mean, love and money are linked together, higher frequency and money are linked together. So if that's something you're seeking, again, it's the inner work though, right? You always have to go back and do the work yourself and build that relationship with yourself. That's all it stems down to is the relationship of yourself is a relationship to everything else you have in life. When you work on the relationship with yourself, you're raising your self work. You're raising your frequency in order to bring these other things in.
0: Yeah. And when you're so in your self-worth, you wouldn't settle for people who are not that great because you are just mm-hmm. like, I'm too good for this. Like you wouldn't even fuck with them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I've heard this saying many, many times, like you um, have to be love in order to receive love.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. It's so true. You know, it's, I think right now is a really great example of we see people that aren't acting with love and it can affect everybody. So if you're being love, if you're being love, if you're acting in love to yourself, to everybody around you, that's when more love will come in also.
0: I feel like, okay, when you're manifesting love, you focus on yourself first we talked about being vibrational matches for your ideal person. So it's like, if both people just, you know, if it's a vibrational match, then the two people will just come together and, um, you know, continue to focus on yourselves. Other, obviously like, be supportive of each other, mm-hmm. but like, when you focus on yourself, the two evolve together and like, they can, Evolve together for however long that is appropriate, right?
1: Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah.
0: And I th- think codependency is disturbingly common. Oh, uh, yep. I have experience with that. <laughs> How do you define codependency?
1: I mean, so codependency to me is when it's literally when you're relying on somebody you know, um, that could be a friend that could be a parent that could be a romantic partner. It's that it's, it's that sense of you're depending on them, like emotionally, especially emotionally, you're depending on them emotionally for, it's almost like for you to get satisfaction out of it, you know, cause you don't feel so grounded in yourself or there's some insecurity there too. Okay. It's like you need them. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Like it's really ironic because codependent people go out of their way to do things for others um, to, to get that hopefully. validation. Right. And when they don't get that is like crushing.
1: Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so true.
0: Yeah. Um, so how does that destroy a relationship?
1: I mean, it's, I think it goes back to intention. I think most things go back to intention. It's, it's, if you are, okay. If you want me to wash the dishes, you can just ask me or you can act out in like, oh, that's not a good example. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was trying yeah, to make that. it very tangible. Um, I mean, it's just, it harms relationships so much because I mean, it goes back to intention Um, because if you're, so if you're like, if you're, I don't have words for it. (laughs) If you're trying to like seek something out and get somebody to do something to give you validation.
0: And you don't get
1: it and you don't get it. You're just going to keep grabbing for it and it's going to be the cycle so if you don't get that one thing, then you're going to do it again. If you don't get that one thing, you're going to do it again. It's just this vicious cycle.
0: Yeah. It's like needy energy, right? Oh, extremely needy energy. Yeah. So it's like about being grounded in yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I thought of an example finally. I was like trying to think of something
1: very tangible that people can relate to. So it's like, okay, if... If me and my boyfriend were about to go do something and I was fishing for a compliment and I was like trying to put things in his path to fish for a compliment to get validation of like how I look or how much he loves me or yada, yada, yada. And I wasn't getting that. I was just going to keep doing it until I get it. And then my energy and my self-worth is lowering and lowering and lowering, and then it could affect him,
0: you know? Yeah, that's very common. It's like, wow, my girlfriend is so neat. Yeah, I mean, that's where it comes from. She's so insecure. And I think it's so important for people to drop the pressure of finding the one. I believe there are multiple people for everyone and every relationship or like flings you have is almost like, okay, this person is just here to teach you a lesson to get you You know, if it works out, then great. If it doesn't, you learn something really important that you can carry into your next relationship. So you're more ready for a better relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think the other
1: thing is what I'm realizing, what I'm consciously realizing now, because I'm in a very different place than I previously was, is that relationships bring a lot of triggers up. And it's how you choose to either work through your triggers or you just let them keep coming So triggers as in like things, so triggers, we could talk a whole, however long about (laughs) triggers, but it's, it's a sense of things that are brought up that make you feel icky, you know, that make you feel icky and insecure. Those are, those are triggers Mm -hmm. and those are being brought to your awareness Mm -hmm. because you need to work through them. So you can choose to work through them or you can choose to not work through them and they're going to keep coming up and they could affect your relationship in the long run, you know?
0: Yeah. So seeing your partner as like just a mirror Mm -hmm. for you to evolve, like, okay, maybe you realize, oh, I'm not very secure about my appearances. You can choose to work on it. And obviously you're also a mirror for the other person. So you can't, you guys can't support each other in, you know, your Mm -hmm. growth. And that's how relationships are successful and work for the long term. Because like, I feel like people break up because they don't see themselves evolving Mm -hmm. with this partner long term. Yeah, and that's, that's okay. Um, But I think in
1: regards to that too, with, you know, insecurities or any of that, or the triggers that you're working through, I think it's really important to vocalize it to whoever you're with. So they don't like think you're just something's wrong. Yeah, something's wrong (laughs) or they did something, you know, that could bring out something in them that wasn't supposed to. So I think vocalizing it um, in a very neutral way is really important. Like you didn't didn't do this to me. This is just something, this is a trigger that's being brought up to me that I have to work through kind of thing from a very neutral perspective.
0: Yeah, I think it's called... Mago or yeah. something, but you talk about things in a, from a place of neutrality. Like instead of saying, you make me feel XYZ when you do this, this, and that, you say it like, I notice that I feel this certain way when XYZ happens. And then, you know, that's less accusatory. Yeah,
1: you don't want to point fingers because then that's going to cause the other person to get their defense walls up. And then it's going to be an arguing battle, you know? But yeah, Amagos, Amagos is really powerful.
0: Okay, so we talked about being a vibrational match, raising your self-worth to match the person you want to attract in. Because like if you, you know, get into a relationship with someone that you're just not ready for, then you're just going to fuck oh, it up. Always. If it's not a right time. Have you ever Read this. Like, yeah, it's really important to get clear on what you're seeking from a relationship. Again, going back to the core values, and depending on your specific or non-specific, mm-hmm. you can, you know, list down specific qualities you want in this person. Like, how do you want the relationship to feel? Like you mentioned playfulness. Um, maybe you want this person to be very financially stable, etc. And like having security is very important to you. Like Mm -hmm. you mentioned, have you ever heard like, oh, whatever you you put down, you have to like start being that for yourself. Yes, I've heard that.
1: I mean, it's, yeah, it's going back to the mirror thing. You know, that was a mirror for triggers, but it's also a mirror for like who you want to bring in, who you want to be is who you're going to bring in. It goes back to the relationship you have with yourself is a reflection of the relationship you have with everything. So if you're treating yourself like shit, how are you, you going to bring somebody in,
0: you know? Yeah, or if you're, like, looking for playfulness, having a lot of fun in this partnership, it's like you have to, like, let yourself have fun. Yeah, it's not just going to happen when the person comes in. I mean, it might in the beginning yeah. when you're going through that honeymoon phase. Yeah. <laughs> but then if you're always looking to have fun from, you know, this person – then it's like, again, going back to that mm-hmm. neediness. And neediness is like not very no, we don't want neediness. Okay, let's talk about masculine energy versus feminine energy in general. And then we can shift into um, that energy dynamic in relationships. So we have both within mm-hmm. us. It's like yin and yang, Adam and Eve. Is that even like a good example? But you know, we have both. It's like- Every woman has masculine energy within them. And every male has feminine energy within them. That energy dynamic is not always mm-hmm. balanced, and we shift between the two depending on where we are, where, where we are at in life and what we are doing. So masculine energy is all about structured, discipline, doing providing. Mm-hmm holding space you get the yeah. point and feminine energy is more like flowing receiving nurturing what else? they're just yeah just being
1: just in the state of like presence yeah. yeah so a balance of masculine and feminine is really important to flow between the two just in general I mean as um like entrepreneurs it's like okay we have to have both right we have to have that structure and that organization and that doing, that going, going creation. But we also have to have that receiving, that flowy beingness, you know? And so it's the same thing in a relationship, right? So if, if it was a relationship of a man and a woman and you have the man, this is how it's viewed normally. It's like The man has to be the only one that's doing and providing and the structure. And the woman is more of like, you know, we see in movies, like the airhead, just like doing whatever the husband says, you know, that's what it's, that's what we're conditioned to think. And that's not how it's, that's not what a healthy balance is.
0: Yeah. And like going back to the entrepreneur example is like, yeah, provide, do create, have structure and deadlines, but also like shift into your feminine that is resting and letting you know your clients come to you letting money come in you know you do all the doing but it's like okay the 3d world has to like you know take its time to like Mm -hmm. send that back to you send what you put out back to you so if you're just always doing then there's no longevity you're just going to burn out And in relationship dynamics, I feel like these days, because modeling from mothers and mother figures, well, I can speak for myself, I feel like a lot of the mm, modeling from female figures growing up, they were, you know, the one who was the breadwinner, Mm. they took care of their husbands, they did everything, they Yeah, for the home and for the family. So I consciously knew I never want to do that. I want the men to hold space for Mm -hmm. me. I don't want to take care of my husband or partner in that way. But when I was in a relationship, that was what I was doing. I was trying to be like, hey, no, I can do this. Like you just rest and you know, this is how you handle your finances. Me being my masculine for the most part in this relationship is kind of like, kind of sh- made him have to be in his mm-hmm. feminine. And that can be emasculating. Yes, that's what I was just going to say. <laughs> and I am resentful. Like, why am I doing everything? And he's like, I can't be the
1: mm-hmm.
0: man. Yeah, and I think that
1: ex- but you were exactly saying before, it's like, I think we shifted in now. A lot of the women are these go, go, go all the time. Don't take a break. And then women get upset because the man isn't, isn't standing up and quote doing his job, you know? So there's that resentment that comes into it. Um, But I think you're exactly right. It's where women are not allowing men to be in their masculine energy, their divine masculine energy, which is so, so beautiful, so elegant, so, so divine. I mean, the fact that men, if, if they're in their divine masculine, they can sit and hold space, but then also flow into their feminine and have the flow of emotions come out in a very, um, in a very beautiful way, which we don't have.
0: Totally. Totally. So the masculine holds space for the feminine. And I think in a relationship, Mm -hmm. that role shifts.
1: Shifts all the time. All the
0: time. The male might be going through something like a family death or their dog died. And one person needs to be held by another, by the other. So it's important to like, you know, be fluid. Mm -hmm. And I think this
1: also goes back to what we were talking earlier um, about relationships being like 50, 50 or 60, 40, I think this plays a lot into it. Not saying that either one is weaker than the other, but I think the feminine energy is more of the state of being like you need to feel, you need to receive, yeah, you need to be held. And that might take less energy in, in like a physical sense, you know? more than receiving, yeah. um, but I think that's where it comes down to. It's like, it's okay to have someone else hold space for you. It's okay to be held by somebody else, both, both for males and females, you know?
0: Yeah. And we, I think we naturally would love for people to hold space for us, but we also have to like consciously. let. Yeah. Them. It can be
1: very uncomfortable. It's like, this is what holding space feels like. Like I don't have to give anything back. That was, that's what was hard yeah. for me is like, I can just sit here and you listen and you don't need anything from me.
0: (laughs) And you mentioned you were struggling with talking about what was bothering you in a relationship. You would just bottle it all up. Would that be being in your wounded feminine or what? If you have to categorize it.
1: I mean, I think it could be. So when I think of wounded feminine, I think of more like over-explaining. But I I think it could be both. I think it's over-explaining, but also bottling up, because when you bottle mm-hmm. something up and it comes out, you end up over-explaining
0: anyway. Yeah, yeah, it totally makes sense. It's like you would love to be held, mm-hmm. but then you're not letting the person. Hold yeah, because you want to. You want to be way. tough.
1: Because you're fixing, I mean, it goes back to you're fixing the other person, so they don't need to fix you. it's That is way more common than people realize, the fixing complex.
0: And realizing that you're a multidimensional being, you can be super tough and hold space for people, but you can also be like playful and childlike and flowy. That is all a mm-hmm. part of you.
1: It's so much more empowering when you can just flow between it. Because one second you can be, this doing creation mode. And then the next, it can be this person holding space for you, you releasing emotions that you need to, and then going back, you know, it's, it's so empowering.
0: Have you ever did energy healing with someone who had a heartbreak because of a breakup or has, have you seen it help with love and relationships before? Yeah.
1: So I've had, I work a lot around, heart heart chakras and opening heart chakras up because that is one of the most important things you can do to help first help you receive love um, from yourself but from others as well and so I've seen a lot of people actually very recently that their heart walls are very blocked and they want to bring people in they're not going to be able to bring in a romantic relationship if those heart walls are up
0: yeah, it's like everything you're looking for in love is just orbiting around mm-hmm. them, just waiting for your heart to open up and then it will Yeah, open. and I
1: mean in something on more like a 3D level, it's okay, say I broke up, me and my boyfriend broke up last week, right? If I'm still checking, or let's say it's something more realistic, like a year ago, right? If we broke up a year ago and I'm still checking his Instagram, I'm still checking his Snapchat, I'm still checking all of these things. That I'm not really ready for another relationship if I'm too worried about what he's doing now. And on an energetic level, that just means that there is an entanglement of his energy somewhere in my body, right? And that's affecting bringing somebody else in. It's not going to help you.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, I love that you just mentioned this because... <laughs> I, okay, my ex-boyfriend didn't really have a social media presence, but I know most people do now. How do you balance that? Like, how, like, are you, like, I don't really know how people date other people who still follow their exes or I don't you know either. like how does that work I don't
1: either I yeah. I mean for me person I mean it's a self-respect thing it's a self-worth it's a boundaries thing if you're truly trying to move on you can block them you can unfollow them it can be temporary that's okay but for that first like initial probably 6 months that's the thing that needs to happen because if not you're going to be looking at it every so often you're going to be wondering you're going to be Thinking, oh, should I reach out? No. I I mean, like you know what I mean. It's you're just getting sucked in every single time, and then if he has a new girlfriend, you're gonna be wearing it back that, and I mean, vice versa for men and women. But you're gonna be too. You're gonna be wearing too much. Oh, why wasn't I good enough? Or why didn't it work with us? Or could I get him back? I mean, it's this endless mind game.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's really hard because now you can just DM someone. People react to people's stories all the time. And I literally had a girlfriend ask me, well, he like sent like an emoji to my story. And I'm just like, that doesn't mean anything. Oh my gosh. No, it's for the (laughs) people. People like to play mind games too. I mean... Yeah, they do. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I don't want to reach out and say something, but I do want this person's attention. So I'm going to react. Yeah. It goes
1: back to the validation. And it's like, I mean, we talked about this previously. It's okay. If you feel insecure and you're seeking validation as women, it's, we only hear about it in women, right? But men do it too. Men do it Mm -hmm. all the time it's just not talked about as much. Yeah. So if you have a guy that's hearting your story, he's just looking for validation. It's, (laughs) it's so funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that unfollowing and creating boundaries when, you know, you just separate it with someone is like a tough love kind of a thing. And like you don't have to do it right after you break up, but if you're looking to really heal and calling your next relationship, that is a very important boundary. Not saying you and your exes cannot be friends. There's definitely a time and space for it, but um, I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize that uh, when you're healing, when you're like really still heartbroken is not the time to be friends.
1: Uh, no, I've tried that before. It doesn't work. <laughs> it does not work. And I, the thing that's coming up right now is I just hear someone listening to that and be in saying, um, well, what if I block them or unfollow them? And then they send me a, mes- a message. I mean, I just had someone have somebody in my life. This happened to them two months or so ago. It's like, it's none of their business. Yeah. It's really none of the, if they reach out to you, say you have to do it for you. You don't need to explain anything yeah. else. I mean,
0: it's not about them. It's your life. Mm. And that is also a test too. We talked about tests before. So let's talk about tests really okay. quickly. It's like, okay, you've done the brain rewiring. You've shifted your frequency. You're focusing on yourself and your feeling. You're feeling a hundred percent. And you're like, okay, I'm ready to call him my perfect relationship. And you make your list, you know what you want, you know who your expanders are. And now you're dating and the universe sends you, you know, tests. Like the first person might be someone who you're just like, okay, this is a no, and I'm not even going to waste my energy on this. Okay, that's easy you pass the test, you, you know, tell Mm -hmm. them no. And then the second test might be like a little bit harder to see. Maybe um, it's very attractive, like the shiny object, but you notice they don't treat you with that much respect. So that is, you know, pretty easy, like no. And then the third one gets trickier. It is now like, okay, this is 95% of my list. And you kind of have this little voice in your head, like, oh, I feel like something is not right. This guy is so perfect, but I just don't feel like this is right. That is a harder test. And the more in your worth you are, the easier it is for you to pass. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be hard to like pass that test. But if you pass that test, the next person might just be it. But if you don't pass that test, there's nothing to be afraid of or you know, the universe doesn't punish you. It's just like, okay, we have some more self-worth yeah. to do, to to get to. And it's totally fine. We're just taking a little bit longer. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think it's that's exactly what it is. It's, tests are just brought up in your awareness to see what you need to work through or what you need to wait on.
0: It's kind of like, when you book a vacation, you paid for your ticket, you booked your stay, you made your itinerary. You, on some level, know that is happening for sure. But it's like your flight being delayed. You're gonna get there just like two hours. Oh, later. that's such
1: a good example. That is such a good example. And I mean, for me personally, that exactly happened to me. It's I had this guy, and it was like ninety five percent of my list communication was my number one he was not a good communicator I don't know why yeah I don't know why I thought it was gonna work but it was like I kept trying I kept trying I was like oh this just must be it just must be this timing right I just need to do a little more work and then I let go and then my current boyfriend came in and it's like and I was you could I was beaten on a bush. Like I would have friends saying, oh, you'll know, like you're supposed to be treated this wonderfully, literally like a princess, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, this is way too good to be true. You know, it's not going to happen that easily, whatever, whatever. And, but it is, you're supposed to be treated like this. Like it's supposed to be not easy, but it's supposed to be flowy. And I think if there's any reservation, then it's not right.
0: And that just brought me to my, to another thing. It is so tempting to want to keep something going with someone because you see what they could be. Like you're in love with their potential.
1: (laughs) Or if they just had that one more thing, because I can fix it, I can make them get there. No, it's not yours to fix. Yeah.
0: We see other people's potential pretty clearly, but like, maybe they're not ready for it. It's like honoring other people's Mm -hmm. timelines and maybe he is not right for you now. Doesn't mean you have to fix it. Maybe if you guys are meant Mm -hmm. to be together, it will happen eventually. So it's also understanding what is meant to be yours will not miss you. And I think the other thing to be really, aware of is to be in the present.
1: I mean, we hear this all the time. It's like, be in the present, be in the present moment, enjoy the present moment. Don't be so focused on a week now, a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, and who you're going to be with. Things can change very mm-hmm. quickly. Times sc- Timelines can shift very quickly. And especially if you're looking for a relationship and maybe you're like starting to date somebody and you're just seeing where it's going, you need to be extremely present. Yeah. That's one thing I've learned um, in this relationship. It's things can move very quickly, but it's not a bad thing. You just need to be very present in the moment. You know what I'm saying?
0: Can you elaborate on being present?
1: Yeah. So it's so for me, in past relationships, I've always thought of if I'm in a relationship somebody with somebody, I'm thinking about a year from now. You know, it's not a bad okay. thing but it can cause a lot of chitter chatter in your head mm-hmm. about what could go wrong. Where are you going to be in a year? Are we going to be moving? Are we going to be engaged? Are we yada, yada, yada? And you're not living in the present moment and enjoying that time and space together where you are, the new changes, the new up levels, the new, all the new that's coming in, all the work that's being done between you guys and individually, like
0: you're not, being, it's a lot of gratitude too. Oh my gosh. I know so many people who are like on a lifetime line, like, okay, I need to find this person by end of the year so we can get married and I can have kids by 27
1: kids. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what it is. It's like people are That's where the anxiety comes from. Anxiety is just you're projecting the future and you're getting like worked up about it. That's what anxiety is. And that's where it stems from. It's because you're like, oh my gosh, where's when's this guy going to come? You're searching and searching and searching. When I probably could guarantee once you let go, it'll come.
0: You know? Yeah. And it's like every guy you meet, if you're like trying to project five years Mm -hmm. out, is like you don't even know Mm -hmm. them. well and you're not enjoying what you're doing right now because you're so worried about the future yeah and
1: the the piece of advice that when I started dating um somebody told me was you're just going like these first dates you're just going to go meet another soul that's all you're doing you're just going to talk to somebody it doesn't mean anything
0: okay let's talk about dating I know you like met your boyfriend from an oh, app. Yes. And I feel like people are really annoyed at abs, but everyone mm-hmm. use it. I don't think we have to see it as good or bad. It's just like another portal to meet other people you would otherwise never meet. Were you like, do you feel icky about abs before? So
1: I'll say yes and no. There were some that I didn't really like, and then there were some that I did, but I still had all, you know, I only had two. I only stuck with Bumble and Hinge. Those are the only two I liked. It would have
0: others. I feel like these are the more tasteful
1: ones. Yeah. I don't, I never did any of the others. <laughs> there was just something about it I didn't <laughs> like. Um, but I mean, there were times where I was like, I'm deleting this. I'm absolutely done with dating. I just can't do this anymore. And then sometimes I just wanted to go on a date, you know? So, I think that I don't have icky feelings toward them. I just don't really. I was talking about this with the friend today. I just don't appreciate when people just like think they can chit chat with me, you know, and not like like on yeah, just like for weeks and don't say anything. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not here for that. It's like a pen pal, yeah. Like, I'm not here to just like text.
0: I don't know why but it's, no, it's
1: so common oh my god it's so common
0: oh they just want like that attention mm-hmm. so it's like a validation Well, it's thing. a validation both ways like i i hear men saying that like
1: oh girl the girls just want what just want the validation they just want the first few messages or they want the like on their photo and then they won't say anything where it's like on the women's side it's like this guy just doesn't ask me out. I don't want to
0: sit here and talk about what I did on a Sunday night when I don't really know you. People don't like dating apps because on some level it feels like, oh, you're just going on an app that reminds you all the people you would never date. (laughs) And I don't feel like that is the energy to go into it. No. (laughs) Yeah, so I feel like intention is again very important important when you're getting on an app. I know like... (sighs) Of um, uh, several weeks ago, I was like, not in a very good place. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll just like get on an app. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thankfully, um, I don't know why, but like, I couldn't get a <laughs> profile on <him. laughs> So Thank I, <laughs> you universe, right? Okay. I feel like it's so important to know what you have to offer when you do enter a relationship. Yeah. yeah. And I think
1: too. This this is just coming to my head. Back to what I was saying, it's okay for a girl to ask a guy out. I think that I think that has a people just don't vibe with it. It's okay, but intention. I just had yeah, I had to say that last bit, but it it goes back to intention. It truly does. It's like are you are you going on the app to just chit chat with somebody, get validation, to really meet somebody, or just like have a fling?
0: When I went on an app, I just wanted to chit chat. <laughs> I was one of those people.
1: <laughs> but like, that, if, if that's what you're there for, that's cool, you know, just know what you're get, getting into. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was not on there for the right reason, for sure. And I think with Hinge, there's this impression that is a more um, relationship-oriented mm-hmm. app. So that, that was, was not so the funny. place to do it. <laughs> I was one of those people who-, who you know yeah be a pen pal but like not respond when i just didn't feel like it
1: <laughs> oh, my oh my god but but see but it's so common though it's so so common but not saying this is your situation but girls sit there and be like why don't i have a boyfriend then that have done this for like you know so so long
0: yeah i was actually just on there for like lls mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, hmm, this is see. what people do nowadays.
1: It, I know. I remember when I was um, when I was in college, the guy that I was dating in college, we broke up like, uh, like a month before school ended, before I graduated. And from that point, I was like, I'm never going to use dating apps. Well, never say never. After I got back from a year abroad, I was like, I had so much resistance and then I just did it. And I was like, there's so much resistance for a lot of people. It's like, you just have to, that's how you're going to meet people now, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, you can still obviously meet people organically in person, but it's just like such a powerful portal to meet really cool people. And I think you're a great expander for people who are online dating. Like you can find a conscious, great person on an app. Yes, he surprises me daily. I always joke with him.
1: I'm like, (laughs) I was... I always tell him, you know, I wasn't really sure if I was going to go on the date with you, but I'm the type of person I cannot, like, if I commit to something, I can't cancel. So I ended up going on the date and he surprised me. And here
0: we are. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Last thing. So I hear girls talk about this all the time. Like they're dating someone, but it's like, they're just dating. And it's like that yeah, they're just dating and no one is committing or you're, they're not sure about, you know, being exclusive. So what are the energetics of that? Well, I think it's
1: it's the energy of like, you have one foot in, but one foot out. Oh my God, the yeah. worst. I mean, I remember when I, when my boyfriend and I were like dating, I I, I don't know how people will see more than one person at a time. Like I, I just personally couldn't do it. And so I asked him, I said, so are we like boyfriend, girlfriend? And he said, um, I guess. <laughs> I mean, but it's, people don't like to initiate that conversation because they think they'll get rejected. Mm. And it's, it's, it, whatever will be, will be, whatever is meant to be, will be. And I think that's, it's hard to swallow, but it's so true.
0: Yeah, and people always ask, like, how long do you date a person before you become a real couple? (laughs) I'm like, well, that really depends couple from couple. Oh my god, it's so true. But like, yeah, going back to the one foot in, one foot out, obviously, you have to like test the waters and see how you feel. Maybe you do have to date like three people at once to see, Mm -hmm. you know, who you really like. But um, you can't stay one foot in, one foot out for too no, it long. Won't work. Like, there's a point when you just know very deeply, like, this person is not it, and I need to end it, even though, you know, it's going to suck for a little bit. Some people need to, like, run into the fire, <laughs> like, have that conversation. Maybe they already knew inside, like, oh, this person is, like, dating five other people, and... They're not that serious, but it's hard to hear like, "Oh, you're not the one." Mm -hmm. Yeah. But sometimes it's like you have to like ask. If you, I always tell people, I'm like, if you don't ask,
1: you'll never know. If you want to go, if you have feelings for this boy, tell him. Because if you tell him, if you don't tell him, you'll be wondering what it forever. You know, it's it's okay if they if it's okay if you get rejected. It's okay if they say no. It's okay. But if you don't do it, you're going to sit there and twiddle your thumbs and think, what if?
0: Yeah, and that's not being present. That is not being present (laughs) at all. (laughs) Okay, and before you mentioned gratitude, I also think, you know, for two people to come together, even if they don't work out, it takes balls to like put yourself out there and like go sit down with, a complete stranger <laughs> and have coffee so it's about like okay I don't know if this is going to work out but let's just like we're just two mm-hmm. souls you know getting to know each other like having gratitude for like maybe just the 30 minutes that you spent together like there are so many humans out there what coincidence yeah we're like I mean
1: anything could happen you go on a date with this guy And he's not a good fit, but he's a friend that's a good fit for you. I mean, you never know what could happen. Every situation you
0: go through has a lesson behind it. Okay, so Katie, um, I love your love story and... um... I'm excited for people to get to know you more and maybe try out an energy healing session with you. So, where can people find yeah, you? Yes, so you can find me on Instagram at Katie McKnight Wellness. Um, you can also
1: check my website out, it's McKnightWellness.com. And I would love to have an energy healing session from anybody. You know, I think energy healing is just so, so powerful. And I just announced my. Two new offerings. I don't know if you saw Sandy. Um, but so I have three different offerings. I have a three-month container that works with brain wearing and energy healing that works all around relationships. We start with relationship with self and then move on forward. And then three energy healing offerings. So one-on-one, which is 60 minutes, and the mini sessions, which is new, is 30 minutes, and then group healing sessions. Um, that's capped at eight people and it's two hours and all of them are insanely powerful.
0: Yeah. Group healings are such a vibe. It's like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like that energy gets amplified in a group and it's a pretty small group. So it still feels Mm -hmm. intimate.
1: Yeah. I was so skeptical of them at first. I was like, uh, you know, a little stubborn, like I want all the attention on me, um, but they're so I mean, classic. Uh, But they're so powerful. They are so incredibly powerful. That's probably one of my favorite ways to do energy healing.
0: Yeah. Well, I will include all of um, what you just mentioned in the show notes. And I'm excited for people to check you out. And thank you for coming on. I will be inviting you on this podcast (laughs) you know many times in the future we have so much to talk about thank you so much sandy that was very fun for me to record and i hope you enjoyed it as much as we did recording it i would also love to know if you learned something new and what are your biggest takeaways from this episode Dating and relationships are such a big part of our lives, so if you think someone you know can benefit from it, definitely send it to them. Share the love, you know? And if you haven't already, subscribed, leave a rating and review. That is how more people will find the podcast, and that will really just help me out a lot. I hope everyone has a great Valentine's weekend, whether you are taken, single, or in between connect with me on instagram at sandy yang wellness seriously like send me a dm i love to connect with you i love it love it love it when people send me a dm to tell me like hey i really resonated with what you said in this episode and that really helped me i am just like blown away by you know those sweet messages Whether you are taken, single, or in between, I am sending you all the love. Hope everyone has a great rest of the day, and I will see you next week. Bye!